Episode 142, Blended Families. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk sex, love, and commitment. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And just, uh, wow, it's November. This year has flown by, and um, as we head into the holiday season, first and foremost, just want you guys to make time over the next two months to um, keep intimacy a priority in your marriage. Yeah. This can be a really stressful time for couples for many, many reasons. Um, Finances, family relationships, overcommitments, things like that. And it's very easy to let your marriage fall low down on the totem pole. And I'm just going to encourage you, um, all of you as you're listening to this, to make sure you're building in time to your weeks, to spend time with your husband or wife, to really connect on what's going on so that you don't um, find yourselves overwhelmed and distanced. And um, we speak from experience because if you've listened to any of the podcasts that have fallen in November, December for the last, you know, two, three years, um, both of our children have their birthdays between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I am in my last, we've already started the birthday party planning for both kids. They were, and so we're in this period of time. And I know that I'm not the only person out there that gets a little crazed between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so just take advantage of those opportunities when you can steal a moment with your spouse where, you know, even if you're sitting on the couch holding hands, sipping hot chocolate or, you know, curled up on that bearskin rug that Tony talks about every once in a while, um, make the time because it's very easy to get lost in the next two months. Yeah, really do. And, you know, for us, we've already started taking advantage of it. Friday night, fortunately for us, both of our kids ended up going and doing a sleepover at friend's house. So Elise and I were blessed and so thankful to just get away. We did a fun little date night that uh, Elisa had gotten like an Amazon deal Mm -hmm. for a restaurant that we'd been wanting to try out. So, you know, we got to get away and make some time for each other. So if you have kids that are of that age where they can do some sleepovers, you know, encourage them. It's okay you know, Elise and I look for these times and we, and we do, we sit down and we, we try to plan out our schedules because we know it's going to be busy. We have Thanksgiving here every year mm-hmm. and that can range. I mean, it could be as few as eight of us, but it's been as many as I think 16 or so, Yeah. you know, so it can get fairly large as well. I think this year is going to be smaller, but it's still, we have things here and we just, we enjoy ourselves because we plan ahead and we go, you know what? Let's find some time. In years past, when it comes to Thanksgiving, my brother and sister-in-law would take the kids back up to L.A. with them after Thanksgiving. And then Elise and I would just drive up there on Sunday morning and pick them up and then bring them down. It hasn't happened over the last couple of years. Maybe we'll try to make it happen this year. Send my brother a text. It's like, are we doing a little hint, hoping they're listening to the podcast <laughs> here? Or are you just, you know, hoping that all our fans are going to send, you know, good vibes to Paul and Melissa? Yeah. So, you know, make that happen. It's it's really important because the worst thing you can do and having talked to you guys for a number of years now is the worst thing you can do is just go when the next year starts, when 2013 starts, we're going to we're going to get everything on track. You know what? You know, it's time to get on track. It's time to get on track now. Not not in 2013, 
not, not in the middle of 2013 or 2014. Time to get on track is right now. Mm-hmm. So figure it out because there's no better time than now. Because two months is going to pass, things are going to happen, and then before you know it, it just gets on rolling again. Yep. So make time now. I want to touch on what we talked about last week. Was last week scheduling sex, or was that two weeks it was ago? A couple weeks ago. Yeah. So when we talked about scheduling sex and our intimacy lifestyle, which we have been doing for three years now, and if you haven't caught that episode, go on back and listen to it. Here, here's here's something I want to bring up because it, it's happening and it's happened a number of times in our relationship. And I had to bring it up to Elisa this weekend because it, it sort of frustrated me. And so if, if this is happening in your marriage, you know, again, going to have that talk. What ends up happening is Elisa's nights are Wednesday, Wednesday Thursday, Friday. And what will end up happening a lot of times is that she's waiting till Friday to initiate well, for example, this weekend, this Friday, we were out. We watched a movie. The movie got done about like 1030-ish, and we end up going, you know, kids aren't here, so we got the house to ourselves. We end up going to bed, and I'm thinking to myself going, okay, Elise, time for you to initiate here. I'm not initiating. This is your night to initiate, and before you know it, she's conked out. I'm conked out, and that's... The, the the falling asleep part that we just we we fell asleep we were tired the the problem is though is that i was expecting her to initiate and with with her not telling me that she was tired it sort of irked me and then come the following morning i'm sitting there going okay well i'm going to go i'd like to go for a ride but is she going to initiate now because she didn't initiate last night and so I brought this up to her going, Hey, you know what? If you're not, if you're tired, let me know and just say, Hey, we're going to move it to Saturday. Because if there's one thing that just sort of, and I've told her this is that it just irks me is that you don't say anything and you just sort of leave me hanging. (laughs) I like how he just tosses me back the mic. Like, okay, go. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those things, and there's no excuse for it. There was no excuse for not talking about it, besides the fact that we both kind of laid down in bed and you know started, you know, snoring away. But um, you know, Tony brings up a good point. You know, a simple couple of lines saying, "You know what? I'm just exhausted. I'd been up since about four thirty that morning," um, which is very out of character for us. But I was doing a all day event, um, and so I was, I was tired, but I didn't communicate that with him, and that's you know we talk about communication so much and, and on both sides of the marriage, a simple sentence or two will soothe away a world of hurts instead of letting things fester. Right. And, and that was really where Tony was coming from when we were talking about this on Saturday. He's like, you know, you could have just told me you were tired. It would have been easier to hear, you know what? I'm tired. You're tired. No, I'm tired. We'll do it tomorrow. than to fall asleep going, well, you know what? You just stood me up. Right. So that is the message to be gained from that. And talking about scheduling sex, um, want to share what some of our longtime listeners have done um, to celebrate the end of daylight savings time. And um, and you guys are so creative. It's just yeah, awesome. I mean, things we just Love don't it. think about. But so, so these longtime listeners write in and they say, thanks to you, we've been trying to incorporate fun into the bedroom. 
We got the idea that due to daylight savings time, that this would be the one day of the year that we could have sex twice in the same day at the exact same time. So last night we set the alarm to get up at 1.30 a.m., had sex, and set it again to wake up about 45 minutes later to have sex again starting at 1.30 a.m. I, the wife, am not so much the adventurous type when it comes to the bedroom, but with my husband's desire to change things and your encouragement each week to spice it up in the bedroom, this was something that I thought I could have fun doing, and I did. Thanks so much for your podcast. Keep up the good work, and God bless you guys. That's just so fantastic. Way to go, you guys. Way to... I'm a little bummed that we didn't think of this the box. because I was like, wow, you yeah. know, 1.30. And I, and I love the fact that they picked a random obscure time in the middle of the night. Uh, yeah. Uh, hence, I, Elise I and I wouldn't be able to wake up because of what we just talked about. <laughs> Elisa would not roll over at 1.30. Every once in a while, I get, the, I get the urge in the middle of the night. It does not happen very often. This would have to be very, very planned out. Um, yes. But creative, and I love it. And you totally. know, it's just like when you guys decide to do, you know, your own round the clock, you know, sex challenges where you know it's like twelve and twelve. You know, you do fun things like that. Um, I really do appreciate that you guys write in and share that with not just us, but allow us to share it with the one community because it is a lot of fun to throw it out there and say, "Hey, guys, you know what? In four months, we've got you know the whole time change again, so you can do it twice." Exactly. You know, so all of those of you that missed it this time, start planning. That's right. And all of you know from this point forward, we will be reading your emails, your messages from Facebook, your calls, all anonymously. Mm-hmm. I think this is a big thing that we, we've discovered. You guys have so much to say, and we understand you don't want it to be broadcast around the world who you are or where you live. We get it. But we want to hear from you. So from this point forward, no, when you email us, you know, you can do that at ask at one extraordinary Isn't it ask our name? No, ask. Oh, you, you, you can just be ask. Okay. At one extraordinary You can call us 858-876-5663. If you do decide to go through Facebook, you can message us right there when you're on your desktop. And if you're on your app, there's actually a way that you can just hit call and that will go directly to our voicemail. And so there's a number of ways that you guys can reach out, share what's going on, but most importantly, know that it's anonymous. Mm -hmm. And then this way we can just share what we're, where we're at and we can tell you truthfully and honestly what we think. And then that way there's no, you know, putting it out there and your name's there and it's running around, mm-hmm. all right? Because we know there's a, a there's a world of hurt going on. There's a world of good stuff going on too, Well, you know? and look at this couple. Yeah, and, and you sometimes you just don't want want that out there. And right. that's totally understandable. And with that, let's, let's jump into this week's topic. It's one that you guys have been asking us to dive into. And just like when we talked about um, infertility, not something that we have dealt with personally, but having been around long enough, I think we understand, especially with many of our friends that we have and, and continue to meet, there's a lot of blended families out there. Mm-hmm. There really are. I mean, the statistics bear that this is happening more and more. I mean, 50% of first marriages are ending in divorce. Um, 
what is it, 60%, 67% of second marriages are ending in divorce, and 73% of third marriages are ending in divorce. So when you start doing those numbers, you start figuring out there's probably a lot of you guys out there who are blended families. Mm-hmm. You know? And you guys face challenges that a first marriage doesn't. Right. You know, Elisa and I, first marriage, we have our kids, and that's it. Mm-hmm. When I think about you guys who are blended, you have a lot going on. Because you have to protect your house. You know, this is our house, you and your spouse. If you have kids from your ex, now you're dealing with that component. Mm-hmm. You're possibly even dealing with the ex-in-laws sure. component. And if your spouse also has kids, that's going on on that side as well. So where, so where do you start? Where do you, where do you go? What, what, what do you do? And Elisa and I would say, first and foremost, if you are thinking about getting married into a blended family, you're going to blend your families together. You got to ask some tough questions. I think you got to really dive into some big, big time questions and answer these questions honestly and openly. Right. And if, and if you're already married, you may need to start answering some of these questions now. And I do have to say, just as an aside on the whole questions thing, we, um, (laughs) asking questions, is such a vital relationship tool. We were in our small group last night and was talking with one of the couples in the group who've been married three years. They'd both been married previously. And when they were in that dating engaged, early engaged phase where they were like, you know, making sure everything's going forward, they had this long road trip and the wife had, she'd been traveling previously without her fiance um, hadn't put this le- list of questions together. Mm-hmm. And so as a captive audience in the car, she handed, while she's driving, she hands him the notebook and basically says, we're going to go through these questions. And they did over, I think it was like a 12 hour, 16 hour road trip. I don't know. Yeah, it, was it, was some, it was some long road it was, trip. It was, it was, it was hilarious. Trip. But what happened was, is here's, here are two people who have been previously married hashing through the things that didn't go right the first time. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're bringing up these questions because there's a lot of stuff that you've got to work through that quite honestly, those of you that aren't blended could probably stand to go through some of these questions as well. Yeah. And if you want to grab our 77 questions to get the conversation started, because you're sitting there going, well, what questions do I ask? Mm-hmm. What, where should I even start? Just go to one slash newsletter. That'll get you on our free free newsletter, and you'll get that plus some other goodies as well. Whether you're a blended family or a first marriage, there are some things that are going to be universal. And the very first one goes to what we discuss in the very first chapter of Strip Down. Mm-hmm. Got to have your priorities in order. And it goes God, spouse, kids, work, and the rest of your life. And the reason we say this is because we've, we know a number of marriages 
that the first time around didn't work out because that order was inverted or upside down or jumbled or whatever you want to call it. It was out of sequence. Right. You know, the kids became or came above the spouse work came above the spouse. You know, the other activities came above the spouse and the spouse got fed up. Sure. The spouse decided to leave, you know, because the spouse wasn't up on the list. Mm-hmm. And so when you're looking at yourself and you're going, well, we're in this blended family, you got to protect your house. And you when do- we say your house, we're talking about your marriage. Yeah. You know, you and your spouse, mm-hmm. you got to protect it. You need to put those boundaries around it. And I think when I say these questions that you have to be talking about, a lot of them are going to deal with kids. Sure. Because, man, some of you have kids that are there full time. You know, they're your kids and they're there full time. And your spouse's kids come in half the time. How are you raising them? How are you treating them? Mm-hmm. You know, these are issues that are going to be different for each and every one of you. You know, this isn't going to be the same for each family across the board. But you guys have to come to some consensus and an agreement between the two of you. Mm-hmm. Because the thing that's going to happen, and I know it even with my kids, man, are they really good at flipping things around between parents? Because Alex can be... Uh, he's a he's a great kid, but he can ask Elisa one thing here in the kitchen, and I'm outside, and Elisa will say no. She'll be like, nope, not doing it. He'll just sort of stroll on outside and go, hey, Dad, ask the question. I'm like, sure, sounds good. I walk in, you know, and I'm walking in with him, and, and Alex is like, well, Dad said sure, Mom. And all of a sudden, Elisa's looking at me going, well, I said no. Uh, oh, okay. Hold on. Time out. I mean, this is, this is our parenting, the way we work on it. I basically go time out. You asked your mom first, right? Well, yeah. And she said, no. Yeah. Okay. That's what sticks. I am willing to forego. I don't care if I think it's great or, or not. I, I basically succumb to going, you asked your mother first. That's the answer you got, that's the answer we stick with. And so that may be something that you guys need to deal with in yours. Right. Asking how, you know, for a lot of blended families, if you've got, you know, his, hers, ours, um, which is a re- really funny movie if you have not seen it. There is a- yours, mine, and ours. And Elisa and I found this. It's on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, just look up yours, mine, and ours. And it's a, a widowed Coast Guard admiral and a widowed handbag designer fall in love and marry, much to the dismay of her 10 and his eight children. So they bring together 18 kids. And they're about as different as night and day. And Oh, my gosh. It's a, it's a funny movie, but there are a lot of really important lessons in this movie. And, and one of them is, you know, with the kids, you've got to have some kind of consensus. You've got to figure out before you bring everybody together, you know, in terms of discipline, how you're going to be on the same page. Um, Because those kids that are, you know, splitting time between you and another parent, 
obviously are going to have a whole nother set of rules with that other parent. And, you know, these are conversations that you have to have because whether it's a blended family or a first time marriage, kids, kids are good at the whole manipulation thing. Mm -hmm. They are, they figure it out. They know which parent to talk to. And when there's a third adult or possibly even a fourth adult in their equation with step parents, they're going to figure out the path of least resistance. They're also going to figure out how to drive a wedge between the two of you because in most cases, they're not going to be thrilled that there's another parent around there. There's just a very real threat to their, to their sense of self, to their dreams of their parents getting back together, no matter what the situation was. And so there's hostility. Many of you have shared this with us that as you bring people together, it doesn't always go as smoothly as you would like. Mm -hmm. And, And so getting on the same page with the kids, making decisions about where the kids are going to fall in your list of priorities. Right. Again, we, we, we started this up from the top of the, the show here, you know, God, your spouse, your kids. And so if you've come into this marriage and your kids are above your spouse now, believe me, there are going to be issues. There, there will be because your spouse is going to be felt, feel left out. And in all honesty, I mean, that may have been what happened the first time around. Mm-hmm. And at some point in time, you have to decide that you're going to model a healthy relationship for your children. One that endures, one where they understand that parents come first mm-hmm. and that this is how we do things. You know, I mean, our kids know. I mean, our kids joke about us going out on date night. I mean, they'll even try and send us out the door. Don't you guys need a date night? Um, mm-hmm. But that's because they know that we place an extreme amount of value on, on that time together. And you have to do that as well. Just because you've brought, you know, people together and we now have step parents in here and we've got ex you've got, you know, many more people to deal with. You still have to create the time for yourself. So you have to ask yourself, when are we going to make time for just the two of us? Especially if you're balancing kids with exes, you know, who goes here, where, and, and you know, maybe your, your calendar is a little more, you know, lines and squiggles and, arrows here and there and everywhere, but you still have to look at the calendar and say, well, when do we, when do the two of us, when do the grownups have time? And that has to be regular because with a blended family, the dynamics of kids and exes, you're going to need an even stronger foundation to be able to handle all of that extra movement, movement and noise Mm -hmm. in your life. And then, I think another thing we need to talk about is that sexual relationship mm-hmm. that happens between you and your now your new spouse. You know, because what may have happened in your past marriage, there may have been you know, this could have been a there could have been sexual infidelity in there. There could have been a lot of stuff that happened, good or bad that needs to be talked about mm-hmm. because I think a lot of what ends up happening will bring those paths into our new marriage. And that is not fair to your spouse. I mean, the reality is it makes you who you are. Yes. But you have, you can't, you can't hold over the bad stuff. And, you know, keep measuring your current spouse against the bad yardstick. Mm -hmm. 
or projecting those feelings, those expectations, those um, disappointments onto a new person. Right. And you also can't compare your new spouse with all the good things to an old spouse. You know, nobody wants to be compared. If you were chosen, if you chose that person, don't compare them to what came before them. You've made a choice. So, you know, nobody wants to hear, well, this isn't as good as so-and-so or, well, you know, she did it better. Or she did this differently. Yeah, probably did. But guess what? That's, that's past. We're living in the present. Yeah. And one of the toughest things, and, and I, can, I can only share from my experiences of pornography and how those images and, um, gosh, if I was watching videos, the sounds and everything infiltrated my mind. And I do believe that God has wiped all of that out. I truly believe that most of that stuff, all of it, I would, all of it in my bedroom for sure, never comes into my mind anymore. And it's been eight years. And there's not once that I'm sitting there lying in bed, looking at Elisa, making love to Elisa, thinking about somebody else. I truly believe in that power that God has over us, over our minds to wipe clean and give us that new slate. And so if you're struggling in your marriage now and having thoughts of a past, an ex, I truly believe you need to give that up to God. In the if you're in the bedroom and these these images, these thoughts are coming back. And they may, like Elisa said, they may be good or bad. I don't know what they are. But I will tell you, they will those images and those thoughts will destroy you and they'll destroy your marriage. Because they you keep playing them over and over. And believe me, God doesn't want you to. I mean, you've been wiped clean. Give it up. I know it's hard. I know it can be difficult. I've been there. I know what it's like. I truly do know what it's like. But when I gave it all up, when I finally just said, enough's enough, God, clean me, take it away from me, that's when things happened. I had to make that choice, though. If I started feeling like images were coming back, I would just lie right back into going, the most beautiful person on this earth is my wife. The most beautiful person. I will measure all beauty against her. And that's what I would do. And maybe that's what you need to do. If that is a struggle you're having. Because I'm sure, and I've heard it, that this comes up and can cause havoc, can wreak havoc in your marriage. You know, another area too where... um you need to have some really detailed conversations is on your finances. Oh yeah. Because again, you know, you kind of got the, his, the hers and, and ours and, um, alimony, child support. Yeah. Lack thereof. And and all of these things. I mean, we've seen, we've seen it all with our friends, um, in terms of, you know, kids not receiving their child support and how does that impact the family, you know, back and forth with custodial arrangements, you know, and all of this, you know, everything costs money. And so you've got to be very, um, very upfront 
very communicative on what's going to happen with finances to the best of your ability, knowing that it's completely fluid. Um, but even, even if children aren't in, involved or you don't, you both don't have children because sometimes it's only on one side there, there are still those conversations that have to happen because of finances, mm-hmm. because if only one of you has children, then there's sort of that, well, why are we spending all this money on the kids? You know, that type of thing. And not, an, you know, before I had kids, I had no idea how much they cost. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, if, if you're remarrying and you're marrying someone that doesn't have children, there's going to be a learning curve there as to what children cost. Yep. And so prepare for that. Know in advance that some of these things are going to be challenges. And, and when you're moving into a blended family, if you are a blended family, you kind of have to look at each day as a new adventure. I mean, we do that in our marriage and you know, there's no, all marriages there's no that. blending, but you have to, you have to understand that life is going to throw you different curveballs because you've got all of these external forces. Yeah. And you know, the most successful blended families I've seen are those that say, you know what, this is just going to require another conversation. Like we need to, you know, back to the drawing board, thought we had this nailed down, but you know, an ex popped up or did something or, you know, the kids are doing something and how do we negotiate this with them, with us, however. Um, but the couples that have the most success are the ones that are making time to talk to each other. Because just like in, you know, first marriages, sometimes things come completely out of the blue. Right. And you've got to sit down and you've got to start asking the questions all over again. And the questions on the 77 questions to get the conversation started, those are the same ones that you should be asking each other, whether you're blended, intact, whatever you are. And the reality is, is that just like that couple that shared with us, you know, their, their questions prior to getting married, if you're thinking, you know, maybe some of you listening are thinking of married some, marrying someone who's been divorced before maybe you've been divorced before and you're thinking about getting remarried you know what sit down and write out those questions oh most think about think about those areas in your marriage your first marriage that worked and talk about those areas because you want to make sure that whoever you're marrying is on the same page with you think about those areas of your marriage that didn't work finances family i mean you know one of the questions this couple brought up was you know they started negotiating christmas prior to ever getting married you know, what are your expectations for Christmas here, there, where, you know, family, family vacations, um, spending time with nieces and nephews, whatever it is, you know, going to church, pulling our money, taking the car to the repair shop, whatever it was. If it worked or didn't work the first time, talk about it because you know, I mean, a lot of times what happens is we hold all that stuff inside and we're like, oh, well, you know, we'll just, we'll talk about it when it comes up. Well, when we, when we cross, you know, it's that whole, we'll cross or when we cross that bridge. Thank you. When we cross that bridge. And the reality is that sometimes we get to that bridge and we still don't want to talk about it. So we like turn around and go the other way, hoping there's another smaller bridge. So we don't have to talk about those issues. And, and the thing is, it doesn't go away folks. And if you don't talk about it, the bridge gets bigger and it goes across a wider expanse and there's a greater gap that you're trying to cross because you have to talk about these things. You have to look at your, you know, if you're engaged, 
you have to look at that person and say, you know, we need to talk about this stuff. If you've already blended your families, you say, you know, this part of our lives isn't working. So we need to sit down and we need to figure out how we get our priorities straight. And I think a big thing is too, especially if kids are involved and there is contact with exes, I would presume that this is a big area that needs to be discussed Mm -hmm. because just like we've talked about before with emotional affairs or even physical affairs, you know, you have to, you have to know where that line is in the sand that you're willing to go up to and go, you know what? I need to take about three steps back from that line because I don't even want to cross that line, Mm -hmm. especially with an ex. And so, you know, there may be some things that you need to set up within your new family, within your new marriage, that you just go, hey, if you're going to go see the spouse, then I'm there or or something that, so you know mm-hmm. that there isn't going to be this, oh, hey, and then it, you know, drinks or meals or whatever. Because I, I would sense that, I know I would be, I know personally, I would be a bit jealous. I would be, there'd always be something going on in the back of my mind going, okay, what is she doing? You know, it it seems like it's been a little longer than it should be. She should have been home by now. And if we don't have some of that stuff already set up and know, I think that would drive me mad and drive me crazy, which would lead to arguments at home. Mm-hmm. which would lead to a decrease in sexual satisfaction, sure. which, you know, it would lead to all those things that just start coming up again. And so do you have to have contact with your ex? You know, if not, then it's time to cut the cord. Mm-hmm. Throw on Facebook or Twitter. You have them on your phone still time to delete them, unfriend them, get rid of them done. You know, You've yoked yourself to another person. And so that person is the most important person in your life. Mm-hmm. Again, after God. So if you can cut them out, cut them out. If you can't, then I think you need to have some sort of understanding or guidelines that you guys both follow. Mm-hmm. It has to be discussed, has to be worked out. And and, you know, the more and more we talk about communication, which is so vitally important, we, we need to start stripping away the emotional side of stuff. Not always, but we need to start stripping away the emotional side of our conversations. And we just need to talk practically and just go, this is what it is. This is what we need to do. We need to move on. Mm. And we don't need to be emotionally high and going up and down all over the place. Elise and I, there are times when we are emotionally charged. We know it. We will address it. There are times, though, when our conversations are very businesslike. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. We love each other. We love each other dearly. You know, love is not a noun to us. It's not an emotional. It is a verb. It's something that we do mm-hmm. each and every day. So for us, there are times in our conversations when we strip away the emotion, it strictly is a, this is what needs to be done, no hurt feelings, move on. And that's it. And so think about that because 
a lot of communication is emotionally charged. And we need to sort of set that aside a little bit, temper it, and just go, okay, I got it. And and, and it's okay to have business-like discussions about your marriage. It's okay to to handle certain aspects from a very practical sense. You know, because the reality is, is that sometimes we hide behind our emotions. We use them as smoke screens for what we really need to address in our marriages. Mm. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a blended family, you've already been through a lot of emotion. That that's how that that's how the first marriage ended. One way or another, there was a lot of emotion in there, whatever the circumstances were. And you know, a lot of you have a lot of hurts. And you've been through a lot of trauma and emotional pain and possibly abuse and things like that. And so you need to you need to be able to get yourself to a point. I mean, if you're trusting somebody else to come into your life, you know, you need to be able to strip away all of those masks, all of that, all of that baggage. You've got to be able to, to give it to them and have it be accepted, mm-hmm. you know, because you are coming, you're coming into the marriage with, with baggage. I mean, we all do just, you know, some of us have bigger suitcases than others. Um, some of you are carry on, some of you are, you know, cargo ship. Um, and trust me, I, I, I fall somewhere in the cargo carrier. Um, but, the reality is we all have it and we have to be able to, we have to be able to give it in a safe way to our spouses. And so as you're negotiating your blended families, you have to be able to say, you know what? I need to talk to you and and, you know, stay to the marriage, stay in the marriage, you know, in, in a few days, we just need to talk about what's going on, you know, like how we're blending the kids and how we're disciplining. Cause it seems like your kids are getting away with, other stuff, whatever it is, or we need to talk about money because, you know, there's some stuff coming up with custodial things and it's going to impact our finances. Or I feel like the kids are monopolizing all of our time because we're trying to make sure that everybody's needs are met and we're not meeting our own needs. That's huge. These are all state of the marriage talks that if you plan them, and you give a little advance notice that this is what we're going to talk about, you can actually have those calmer conversations. It doesn't have to be when he walks in the door and, you know, he's been literally one foot inside the door, not even all the way in, and you're barraging him with this, that, and the other. And he's like, I just I, I just walked in. What the heck just happened? I'm going to walk back out again and try this one more time. We do that. We shell shock people. You know, you get the credit card bill and you're like, what do you mean you spend all this money? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and it does not matter how you got into your marriage. A state of the marriage conversation on any topic that is an issue in your marriage will only serve to better your marriage. Mm-hmm. And if you want to learn more about the state of your marriage talks, it is something that Elisa and I really have believed in for years. These talks redefined our marriage five years ago and subsequent years. And to this point that, you know what? We still have them. They're not as frequent, but we have them. And if you want to learn more about it, you can go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash he zigs, she zags, all one. 
And that is our he zigs, she zags, getting your communication on the same path audio program. That is a two hour live event that Elise and I did here. And we recorded that for you. And so included in that are, again, the 77 questions. And you also get the program for that, um, the program worksheet for that. And it's only $20. So pick it up. You're going to learn about the state of uh, your marriage and much more. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, guys, I mean, we, we want you, whether it's your first marriage or second marriage or third marriage, um, we want it to be extraordinary for you. Oh, yeah. And we don't want you to continue to be another statistic. You know, th- th- those numbers that Tony read at the beginning of this episode where, you know, 50% of first marriages, 60-some percent of second marriages, and 75 or 74%, of, 73% of third marriages um, fail. You guys have the power to change those numbers. Mm-hmm. You have the power to be on that on the positive side of that statistic. But you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision that the marriage that you're in is the last marriage you're getting into. You know, it's not one foot out the door. It's all in. Mm-hmm. And if it's going to be all in, then you're going to make a decision daily, sometimes hourly, and quite honestly, sometimes minute by minute, that you are going to make this work. It's not always going to be easy. And in fact, some days you're going to wake up going, why did I think this was such a great idea? I mean, I've been married 16 years and every once in a while we have one of those days where I'm like, this was a good idea. Like, what was I thinking? And it's usually just over a minor thing that, you know, gets blown out of proportion. But, you know, that's the reality of spending so much time with another human being who's as imperfect as you are. What you can do is you can decide, you know what, this is it. This is it. Mm-hmm. This is my marriage. This is the this is my present. I'm going to work on this. I am going to put forth the effort into making this work. I am going to demonstrate my priorities on a daily basis. I'm going to admit when I make mistakes. I am going to take off my masks. I am going to do all of these things because this is the marriage I am fighting for. And I, and I think we've gotten so complacent in our lives that we just kind of, you know, let everything else take over and we, st- we have stopped fighting for the marriage that we are in. And so if you've got all these external forces pulling on you because you are a blended family, I'm going to challenge you this week to put those walls of protection around your marriage. Yeah. To say, you know what, this is it. We are, you know, circling the wagons. I don't care what analogy you want to use. But you're going to look at your spouse and say, you know what? This, this is it. We are going to be rock solid. We are going to demonstrate our priorities. We are going to put things from the top down. God, spouse, kids, work, family. Or God, spouse, kids, work, life. Mm. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to demonstrate to these kids what a solid marriage looks like. We're going to demonstrate to our friends that, you know what, you can be a blended family and you can make this work. And yes, it's a lot of effort, but you know what, every day makes it worthwhile. You have that choice, but you've got to be all in Mm -hmm. and you've got to decide daily, just like for those of us that are on our first marriages, we decide daily to stay engaged in our marriages. And more than anything, I think we got to start looking at ourselves and let's start acting extraordinary. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let's get crazy. Let's get extravagant. 
Let's stop being like everybody else. You know, I I don't want to hear I'm busy. I don't care. You know what I want to hear? I want to hear that you took a nap on Saturday. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear that you just wiped your slate clean and said, you know what? For, for this season in life, kids aren't doing sports. Mm-hmm. We're chilling. We're going to like hang out. We're going to be like different than everybody else. You know, you want to, you want to make change. You want to really see radical change. You want to have the extraordinary marriage you want. And we want you to have, well, then you're going to have to get radical and you're going to have to stop doing what everybody else is doing and not feel bad about it. I have no problem whatsoever telling anybody that I took a nap on Saturday. None at all. You know why? Because I get rest. I get to come back to reality a little bit after that and just go, you know what? I'm rested. Mm -hmm. I'm not pulling, you know, 120 miles an hour on end. You know? Yeah, we got things that are going on, but I realize that God has asked me to take time to rest. And so maybe in your blended family, there's so much going on there. Plates are all up in the, in the air and you're whirling this thing and that thing and this and that. Maybe it's time just to cut it all out. Be radical, you know, be crazy, be different than everybody else and be proud of it. That's the thing. Be proud of it. Stand up when somebody goes, Hey, what's going on? Nothing, nothing. I'm going to go home and I'm going to go take a nap. I'm going to send my kids to go play and I'm going to go take a bubble bath. You know, I'm going to go do nothing. I'm going to go watch a movie with my kids or with my spouse. The kids are going to be gone with the, it's going to be with the ex and you know, hubby and I are chilling. Going to bust out some popcorn, you know, and just chill. But that's what it takes, folks. That's what it takes. Got to be radical. You got to be just different. You, and you can do it. I know it's hard because I know I feel it sometimes when people are looking at me like all weird, like, dude, how did you take a nap? And really? And this? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I took a nap and chilled and read a book. And it was wonderful. My kids played Legos and... Lisa did her thing and it was great. So make it happen. You guys, I mean, we, we know so many of you love or um, listen to us and we love you. We do. We, we get your emails and we're here for you. But it, we'll always tell you first, second, third marriage. You know what? God first, spouse second, kids work, life after that. You know, that's what it's all going to come down to. First, second, third, fourth, fifth marriage, you, you pick it. But that's where it all comes to. I don't have anything to say after that. You kind of summed it all up. I summed it all up. You summed it all up. I was like, oh, I was waiting for you to say love you guys. And I know. Well, we went a little long, but we do. We love you guys. Get in t- contact with us. All emails, all voicemails, all messages to us. Anonymous. I'm not going to say your names. You can go at ask at one extraordinary marriage dot com eight five eight eight seven six five six six three and we'll get you on here. All right. Have a fantastic week. We love you guys.